0: Hey everybody, welcome to True Crime Paranormal with the Psychic Sisters. I'm Christy Brower, here with my sister, co-host, and partner in crime, Katie Weaver. Hey, Katie.
1: Hello. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I am... Um, I don't know what to say. I'm fine. <laughs> well, good. I, I finally... I've been in this, like, slump of feeling like I can't... uh get my brains together. I can't uh, create anything. It's been bugging me. Mm-hmm. And I'm finally back to the uh, the office, the creation room. Oh, good. Uh, like One thing I've been trying to learn how to do is do paper cutting on my vinyl cutter, which mm-hmm. if you guys have vinyl cutters, you're like, that's easy. It is. If you have a cricket, what I have is a commercial sign cutter and it's not easy, but we figured yeah. it out finally. And I've been having a ball. I've cut so much paper. It's just stupid. Like what am I even going to do with all this paper? I don't know. <laughs> Valentine's—I made super cute valentines with it, and so I'm just working on like I'm like a third grader right now with my glue stick. Just I'm <laughs> paper and making dioramas, and by God, because I can, I will. So that's—I'm right. fine. <laughs> well, good. I'm—I'm I'm glad to hear it. I'm glad to hear it. I need more paper. I mean, basically, that's where it's at.
0: <laughs> yes, yes. Send paper, friends. Send paper. Send paper. well i'm glad to hear that you are getting creative i am too i am back to i started a podcast a while back and then kind of let it go and i'm back at it um i have a podcast called the podcast starter and it is because i have a coaching program where i actually teach people to be podcasters if you want a podcast like we do um i have a a program to teach you to do that i i can show you so i just started podcasting again with that and got a, a marketer friend on board helping me, which is so awesome. And I'm really feeling more inspired about that. I don't know. I think January is just a blah month and I needed it to, to get into yeah. February and get out of the January energy. Yeah. So yeah, creative. that's good. I, so I am more creative as well, yep. which very is very nice. good. Well today, this is our second case of the week and this is our our group case. And so we're not doing a reading on this case. We're just going to present it. This is a case we have been asked repeatedly to do. Yeah, And so here you have it. This is the Elisa Lamb case. Now, you very likely know the story. May have just watched the brand new Netflix doc that just dropped on it last week. Mm -hmm. Very interesting stuff. But we've had a lot of people ask us to do this case and give our take on it. So we're going to do that today. So I'm going to start with the timeline and tell you a little bit about who Elisa was and what happened. Yeah. So Elisa Lam was a college student from Canada and she got feeling kind of restless and decided to go on a little solo trip. Elisa is was very cute in that she had a Tumblr and she used to uh, use her Tumblr as her diary. And Uh so she would post all of these things about how she was feeling and what was going on with her on her diary in her diary. And so parts of what we know about what happened to her come from her Tumblr. Yeah. So she was 21 years old and she arrived at the Cecil hotel in downtown Los Angeles on January 28th, I just lost the year. Mm. We'll find it. Sorry. Lost the year. Anyway, uh, we'll get it. 2013. <laughs> 2013. 2013. Okay. January 28th, 2013 is when she checks into the Cecil Hotel. Now, you need to know that the Cecil Hotel is in downtown Los Angeles in an area known as Skid Row. Mm-hmm. It is a very rough area. Mm -hmm. lots of um homeless encampments and drugs and violent crime and even in the hotel the hotel um rents to homeless people as well not that homeless Mm -hmm. people are violent that's not what i'm saying but there's a lot Mm -hmm. of crime around her and a lot of it is crime of poverty and that's what happens in skid row is crime of poverty people stealing for food you know selling drugs to eat those kinds of things. kind of a sketchy area and she's this young naive college student from canada who you know may not really know what she's getting into right the Cecil hotel, hotel was cheap yeah. yeah yep the cecil was cheap it's this huge hotel 700 rooms in the cecil hotel so it's pretty hard to keep track of everything that's going on in a hotel of 700 rooms
1: mm-hmm. just as well, the manager so. perhaps they didn't want to you know oh uh, yeah they were averting their eyes to a lot of what was going were,
0: on in I, I don't know how you couldn't. I mean the
1: yeah.
0: this area had 2 to 3 911 calls a day. Yeah. So, you know, I'm sure that they looked as looked the other way on lots of things or, you know, uh, likely it would get to the point where the police just would never come. Yeah. They'd have, you know, anyway. So, that's where she was. So, it was a little sketchy place. So, she decides to um You know, she's traveling through California. She's staying in the hostel part of the hotel. Mm -hmm. And that part of the hotel is called Stay on Main. It's around the corner from the Cecil part of the hotel, but it's all the same building. Mm -hmm. Um, She was originally staying with some other women, but she was acting weird and making people uncomfortable. And so the hotel moved her to another room. So she was in a room by herself. So remember, she checked in on January 28th. She's last seen on January 31st. And this was the day before she was supposed to check out of the hotel yeah. and, you know, move on from there. She visited a place called The Last Bookstore. Mm-hmm. And this is, that's when no one sees her alive after that. Yeah. So her family gets worried because she normally calls every day and checks in with them. And she hasn't checked in. So her parents call LAPD and then they fly to Los Angeles because they know something's up.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And here's something that you need to know Elisa had bipolar disorder. Yeah. And she had in the past had a history of bipolar disorder with psychotic features, which means having some psychosis, having some delusions and hallucinations as part of her illness. Mm-hmm. And so, when they don't hear from her, I, you know, they were checking in with her every day to make sure she was okay. Yeah. I would bet a million dollars
1: that they really didn't want her to take this trip to begin with. I was going to say, I bet it was scary as hell for them yeah. for her to even take this trip at all. Yeah. Yeah. So,
0: they call LAPD and say, something is very wrong. We are on our way. So, they get LAPD. Uh, comes to the hotel. And I mean, you have to realize this hotel has 700 rooms. So they're trying to search the hotel. They're trying to get the camera footage, which it turns out that their security system is real shitty and some of their cameras don't work and some of them have been messed with and pointed the wrong way and all this stuff. So on February 6th, they hold a press conference saying that she's missing and her family is there, but they don't speak at the press conference. So finally, on February 13th, the police published this really famous video that came, was captured on February 1st, at like 1230 in the morning ish. So this is truly the last time she was seen alive. This is after being seen at the last bookstore. So right. we're going to, without making any comment, we're going to talk about it afterward. We are going to show you the video so that you can see what you think is happening here. So. Yeah. I'm going to hide Katie and I, and we are going to play the video for you. There we go. Okay. So, obviously, this is also going to air on our podcast. So, we need to describe what we just watched and then yeah. talk about what it was. So, it is surveillance video from inside an elevator.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And a woman in a red jacket and shorts and sandals comes into the elevator. She has dark hair and she is identified as being Elisa Lamb. Yeah. She comes in and the first thing she does is she pushes all the buttons in the elevator Mm -hmm. and then she stands there for a few minutes and the elevator doors don't close. Yeah. Well, if you've been in an elevator, you know that there's a button you could push that holds the doors open. Right. So whether she's meant to do that or not, she's pushed the button that holds the doors open. So then she peeks out and looks up and down the hall, and then she comes back in, and then she squishes up in the corner by the door, and then she looks out and looks all around again. Yeah, like she's hiding from someone, although you never see anyone else. No one ever walks in Mm -hmm. front of the elevator. You can see the hallway. You never see anyone. So then she walks out of the elevator for a while, and she gestures kind of wildly at Mm -hmm. someone or someone she's seeing. And then she comes back in the elevator and she pushes all the buttons again, and then she leaves the elevator, and um, that is the last time anyone sees her alive. Yeah. But the elevator um, doors finally close. But they're mm-hmm. on it. There's some kind of a timer. You push that button, it holds the doors open for a certain amount of time. Yeah. So I have to admit, because I'm a mental health social worker and I have worked with adults who have um, hallucinations. It was my first thought that she was hallucinating yeah, because I've seen people hallucinate before and it looks the same. Uh-huh. But a lot of people initially thought she's hiding from someone. She's scared of someone. Here's the thing. If there was There's actually no one around. someone there, oh. why didn't she push the button to close the doors and ride the elevator to a different floor? Right. But she didn't, that never happens. Okay. And then she leaves the elevator and never comes back to it. hmm They actually don't know what happened to her after that because wherever else she went, the cameras weren't functioning. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So then, this is when people got really, really worried. This clip went viral everywhere. You know, you all have probably seen it. Um, You know, there was a lot of speculation. This is when the rumor mill about what happened to Elisa Lamb got go really got a cranking. Some people said that the video was doctored. It actually was intentionally the date and time were covered because that was evidence that the police didn't want to share. Mm -hmm. Um, Other than that, the the video isn't doctored as far as anyone can tell, but people Mm -hmm. thought it was weird that the date and timestamp were, were garbled, but Mm -hmm. From what I understand from the documentary is that they did that on purpose because they didn't want anybody to know the exact date and time because that's part of their investigation about what happened to her. Yeah. So. 19 days go by and in those 19 days. Some things happen. They search. Everywhere. In this hotel, they decide to search all the closets in the hotel. It's 600 closets. So the the manager and other people who work for the hotel and the police are searching the hotel. And there's this huge group of police officers searching the hotel. They find nothing. They find nothing, nothing that belongs to her. No evidence of anything. I mean, they don't find a thing. Yeah. It's like she just vanished into thin air. Yeah. Um, Some other big things happened in L.A. at that time that kind of pulled some of the police away at this point um, because they just weren't finding anything. They weren't getting it. There was no indication of her ever leaving the hotel after that footage in the elevator. But they cannot find her anywhere in this building. But can you imagine how daunting that would be to try to find a single missing person in a building that big? Yeah. Yeah. With all those hotel rooms and and all of those people who could have done who knows what, right? Yep. Yep. So then, unfortunately, on February 19th, hotel guests start complaining about the water. The pressure is low. It tastes funny. It looks like it's dark and discolored. Mm -hmm. So because this hotel is so huge, it has these big water tanks. On the roof, it has four of them. Yeah. So a maintenance man is dispatched from the hotel to go up there and see what's going on. And when he gets to one of the hatches, the top is open. The it has this big metal lid thing that fits down on the hatch. It's moved off from the hatch,
1: mm-hmm. and when
0: he looks down in, he sees Elisa Lamb's body floating in the uh, water tank. Yeah, so of course the health department immediately places a "do not drink" order at the Cecil Hotel. (laughs) People have been drinking and bathing in and brushing their teeth with this water Mm -hmm. for For weeks, nineteen days. Yeah, super duper yucky. This part just that horrifies me. me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It makes me very sick. So um, on June twentieth of twenty thirteen, the coroner's office they issue a finding of accidental drowning uh with her bipolar disorder as part of the cause Mm -hmm. so her body was pretty decomposed by the time they found it unfortunately
1: yeah
0: but they couldn't find any evidence that she'd been physically harmed yeah they did do a toxicology and what they found was that her bipolar medications were in her blood but at too low of a level so that meant she hadn't been taking them consistently and wasn't really getting um you know the the right. benefit from them yeah it came out later also that so her roommates in the hostel were freaked out by her yeah she went and watched a live taping of a tv show i don't know which one um she acted really weird there and then she'd been acting really strange in the hotel itself just around other um, you know, people who were staying there. And, and mm-hmm. so she was known to the hotel staff fairly well as being acting strange. Yeah, they never did anything about it or checked in with her at all. But um, at one point, some hotel staff found her in, a, in an area of the hotel that was only for staff. Because there were some questions about how did she get to
1: the roof of the hotel?
0: Yeah. How'd she get up there? It's not like they wanted people getting up there. No, they have, there are two theories. The one is if you go up high enough in the elevator, there's a door that goes out onto the roof that was supposed to be locked, except guess what? Wasn't lock was broken. So she could have just gone out that way. Mm -hmm. There's also this fire escape on the outside of the building that there are doors at the end of every hall or windows at the end of every hallway that lead out to it. Mm -hmm. And they found a couple that the windows had been lifted that they wondered if maybe she climbed that way. I don't think they know for sure which way she did, but she clearly got up there by herself. There were lots of questions about, well, did someone dump her in here? How did, how did she do this herself? Well, if you see, and I I've got a picture up and it's kind of hard to tell of these water tanks they're really really big like Mm -hmm. i don't know what are they like 20 feet tall or something they're really big yeah they're huge and they have ladders up the sides of them so if you kill someone Mm -hmm. you then have to carry them all the way up that right and then in order to dump them in the top right Mm -hmm. or you can access them by getting up on top of a little utility building thing that's on the roof and then jumping down onto them. But then mm-hmm. there's also a ladder there that you would have to ha- crawl up and carry, you know, she yeah. weighed like 120 pounds. And so you're going to carry a 120 pound person. Um She didn't have any marks on her body to indicate that she had been, you know, drug up a ladder or anything to right. indicate. No. There's just no way that a person could have done that themselves. The other thing is, so she, when they found her, she was naked mm-hmm. and all of her clothes were in the water. So, what the belief is, is that she climbed in there thinking she could hide from whoever was after her. Mm-hmm. Remember, she's in an altered state. She's not thinking clearly. She doesn't know what's, you know, she's not aware of the kind of danger she's just placed herself in. Also, right. no water level in these tanks goes up and down based on use. And so when right. she first got in, it might have been clear up at the top where she could just reach up and pull herself back out. But if somebody, you know, a bunch of people are using water, the water level drops. And right. then there's no way to get to the hatch. Mm-hmm. Uh, Apparently it is a phenomenon that when you're drowning, you have a tendency to think that if you take off whatever you're wearing, it, you won't be as heavy and you might be able to swim to the top mm-hmm. kind of so they figured that that's what she did. Is she took off all her clothes,
1: uh, mm-hmm. thinking
0: that she would be able to help her get to the top. But the problem was she could never get back up that high.
1: Yeah,
0: um mm-hmm. there were lots of questions about how could she have closed the hatch on her own, and the reality is she didn't.
1: The no. maintenance guy
0: found the hatch open.
1: Mm-hmm. There was so some the question hatch- about if she would really would have been strong enough to open the hatch, mm-hmm. but honestly, in an altered state like that, people, the strength may not be a might not be
0: as big of an issue as you think. You know? Right. Well, and this said it's about 20 pounds of metal. And really, mm-hmm. you only had to just kind of pick it up on one side and slide it. Yeah. Well, so able to do I would imagine that any adult really probably could do that. Oh, so they discover her. And let's see. During this 19 days of her being missing, there were a lot of theories that came up. Right. Um, the police called it through from internet sleuths. I think it's more like true crime junkies. probably. (laughs) But let's talk about a few of them Mm -hmm. because there were a lot of theories. Of course, one was that she was murdered Mm -hmm. and that she was in fact, you know, being followed by somebody and that somebody dumped her in, in the water tank. Uh, The police are quite confident that that did not happen, that there just is no evidence of that. There is no footage in that whole hotel of her with anyone else that night. Anyone, no. And there's no evidence on her body to indicate that. And, and it is just the, the physical location of those water tanks, how one individual would haul another dead person up there. They just don't see that being a possibility without there being some evidence of injury to her, right. which there wasn't any. So let's see. So then, then we have Morbid or Pablo Vergara. So he is a Mexican guy with a metal band. And at one point he uploads to the internet a video of himself inside a room at the Cecil Hotel. Just a couple of days after her body was found. Now, it turns out he was really kind of obsessed with her and her story. Mm -hmm. He's also, like, I don't think a metal is the right death metal. What kind Mm -mm. of metal is this? It's really hardcore, scary, like, horror Mm -hmm. music, right? Yeah. So then he releases a teaser. So he's in the room in the Cecil Hotel. Then he, in this video, he also releases a teaser for a new music video and the video and the song's called Died in Pain. Mm -hmm. And the lyrics for the song reference a woman drowning in water. So somebody, some people think that's just too much of a coincidence. But keep in mind, this all was posted after she was found. After she, yeah if this was posted before she was found, it might've had more juice, but
1: right.
0: So the internet went after this dude. They were a hundred percent sure he'd killed her. They were all over the police to do something. Mm -hmm. Uh, So he was investigated Mm -hmm. and uh, proved that he was in Mexico recording a new album at the time that she was missing. Yeah. Um, Apparently he still gets death threats. (laughs) He has he has tried to take his own life and ended up in a psychiatric hospital over this. He's had a really hard time because people have been absolutely convinced that he hurt her. And and there's zero evidence that he did. He just did a stupid thing. Frankly, Mm -hmm. this was a publicity stunt for his music that he did, you Mm -hmm. know, right after her death and basically took advantage of her death to, to, you know, try to get some notoriety. And it seriously backfired.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, another um, theory was that she killed herself because she did, you know, suffer from some mental health issues. She had a history of being uh, suicidal, and so there was some thoughts that she did this on purpose to harm herself. Hmm. I don't feel that from it at all. I totally. I don't either
1: yeah she did do it but she didn't do it on purpose yeah she wasn't trying to die she was trying to hide Mm -hmm. yeah that's
0: my sense too yeah uh someone from the hotel was in on it so there's been a lot of conspiracy theory around that somebody in the hotel or the police are in on it everyone's lying it's one of those like oh everyone's in on it kinds of things um Sometimes things just are the way they appear to be. Sometimes they are. And and I really do agree with the assessment that the police have made of this, that this was just mm-hmm. a tremendously sad accident. Yep. Precipitated by her quit not taking her meds, which is just yep. unfortunate and and can happen and has happened many times, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And there were a lot of weird coincidences and things that happened that made people think that, you know, this was something else. Um, one of them was that her death was a copycat of a film. So there's this horror film called dark water. And in that film, the body of a girl is found in the water tank on top of an apartment, uh, Hmm. like an apartment building after people noticed that the water looked dark and tasted funny, which is obviously, yeah, lucky. And her name was Cecilia. And people thought, well, the, the hotel is the Cecil hotel. Maybe that's something, you know, no, it wasn't. It was just a coincidence. It's just a coincidence. Yeah. And then there's the and there's the tuberculosis thing. This thing is super weird. And it is weird. Like, this is really weird. But it is just a coincidence. So, um, there was an outbreak of tuberculosis on Skid Row, which is not far from the Cecil Hotel, about the time that she went missing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And they thought maybe this had something to do with her death because the specific strain of t- TB that was going around at the time was called LAM ELISA. I oh. am not kidding. Standing Weird. for Binomanum LAM mm-hmm. enzyme-linked immunosorbid- immunosorbent assay. Wow. Yeah. And it literally truly is just a coincidence but it is a really weird one people went crazy on that one because that's pretty hard you know they were worried that maybe this was a biological weapon you know she was a student at the university of british columbia which actually does a lot of tuberculosis research (laughs) and they there was there was this belief that maybe she had been executed um by someone who was using her as warfare Like that she was, she was exposed to this tuberculosis and they were going to give it to a whole bunch of people by putting her in the water. And I mean, it was crazy. Mm -hmm. Uh, She did not have tuberculosis. Right.
1: (laughs) So (laughs) that was that that
0: one down. But the fact that the tuberculosis is called Lamelisa is crazy. Very weird. Except that, you know, there are tons and tons and tons of abbreviations like that in the world. And so there are going to be overlaps. Yeah. Uh, So I don't know, you know, what, what I get from all of this is that something really tragic happened to Elisa lamb. And it simply was that her mental illness took over yep. and she died accidentally. It's just yep. very
1: sad. I, I totally agree. All of the creeping around the hotel, being in places she wasn't supposed to be acting really weird. She was just continuing. He, she played that out clear to the top of that building and then found a safe place to hide in the water tank. Yeah. It, just it, it is very very sad yeah you know yes. and the cecil hotel has now closed yes it, the, the nickname for the cecil hotel is hotel death yes and the cecil has closed but if you google the cecil hotel's phone number and call it there is an answering machine message that is super creepy and weird Oh, so just really? FYI, if you'd like to creep yourself out, Google their number and look it up and, and, and call it. It's uh, weird as hell. So, yeah. yeah, I don't know why they're still capitalizing on that, considering that they're closed, but they are. Yeah. And, you know, it
0: has the Cecil Hotel had a long history of violence and weird deaths and scary stuff mm-hmm. happening. And that serial the- killers, serial killers, stalker- serial killers stayed there. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. The Night Stalker stayed there. Mm-hmm. So, of, you know, of course, that's going to kind of feed the rumor mill, too. Yeah. But but sometimes the most obvious thing is the truth. And and in yeah. this case, I truly believe that that's exactly what happened to Elisa. It, Lemon. It's,
1: it's really sad what it looks like. Yep. Yeah. it is really sad. It is. And honestly, you know, I wish there was. a. I don't actually. I mean. There's no other answer for her family, but it doesn't matter at this point. Their daughter's gone. Right. There is. I mean, it. I shouldn't say it that way. Of course, it matters. But I mean, their daughter's gone. The huge rumor mill doesn't help them. You know, mm-hmm. all of the uh, the wild conspiracy theories didn't help them. It didn't help their daughter be found. It didn't help save her life. Mm-hmm. She had a serious mental health disorder. Nobody knew that better than them, you know, mm-hmm. and this is what happened you know, and it's not that she didn't have meds in her effects that they uh, had cleaned out of the room that she was supposed to be checking out of her meds were there. Oh, yeah. She She had had her meds. She just wasn't maybe taking them or taking them consistently. But, you know, sometimes in mentally ill people, when they're in a state like this, because she needed to be hospitalized, when they're in a state like this, they think that they're the sane one, Mm -hmm. you know, and everybody around them is the crazy one or the dangerous one. And Right. I I would, in my totally unprofessional opinion, guess that not only did she need to be taking her meds, she probably still needed to be hospitalized. Mm-hmm. Something to was stabilize. Wrong. Yeah. yeah, Something was
0: wrong. Well, and you know, this is a great amount of stress to put place on her to take this big yeah. trip all alone. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I it it could easily you trigger an wonder, episode.
1: Well, you got to wonder. She was a little manic planning this trip and wanting Mm -hmm. to do this in the first place yeah she must have been because her family was sure concerned about it you know yeah
0: absolutely absolutely so well it's very unfortunate it is but there you have it you've asked for elisa lamb we gave it to you so okay check out (laughs) the uh the netflix documentary it's really good i think it's very uh helpful at helping us figure out what's going on here so this is our second show of the week. We have uh, one more episode tomorrow, which is a cold read. I am presenting to Katie. Mm-hmm. And then of course, Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Pacific or mountain, we will uh, have our case updates and, on yep. Thursday night at 7 p.m. Mountain, we will have our psychic hour. So lots yep. of great programming coming up this week. Yep. All, All right. right. Take care guys. Thanks. Have a great day. Hi, I'm Christy Brower, podcaster and professional psychic. I have spent the last 14 years honing my skills as a psychic and a healer. I work on the Purple Ocean app. You can find it in any of the app stores. And I am available every day for video and chat readings. I specialize in pattern breaking. Uh, particularly in relationships, but really in any area of your life. If you're feeling stuck and like you can't move on or you can't let something go, I am the reader for you. That is exactly what I focus on. It's what I love to do. I love to help stuck people get moving. And I've been doing it for many years and have been very successful at it and can do that for you as well. So if you are having trouble letting go of a relationship or a fear or a challenge of any kind in your life, come see me at Purple Ocean and we will do everything we can, me and my guidance system and my intuition and you, because it's always a package deal that we work together. But we will find a way to break that pattern for you. So come see me over at Purple Ocean and let's break your patterns.
1: Life is complicated. The last year has been so hard on sensitive people, so many uncertainties, and so much heavy energy to wade through. People are working on jobs and relationships, energy work, self-development, and health. So why call me? Because my clients are my family, when you invite me onto your team, I will do all that I can to help you shift from a place of surviving to a place of thriving. I can help you shift from uncertainty, stress, fear, lack into a place of joy, peace, clarity and abundance. Give me a call. Katie Weaver, professional psychic advisor over at 12listen.com.
0: If you're enjoying this podcast, don't forget to like and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. If you're watching us on YouTube, you can always like and subscribe there as well. We also love comments and reviews. True Crime Paranormal is hosted by Katie Weaver and Christy Brower and produced by Christy Brower. True Crime Paranormal is a short girl productions podcast.